Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. All right, so let's go. Look at your neighbor and say, pardon me. Look at your neighbor and say, pardon me. Um, In the African-American community, one phrase can mean 999 things, right? One phrase can mean a whole bunch of stuff. And in order to know the context for which it's being said, you have to catch the tone for which it's said, correct? Because pardon me is kind of like, can I get by? Pardon me is what did you say? See? Uh, Pardon me? And I beg your pardon means we about to get something else going on because you done crossed the line. Right? Right. Okay, so let's go to Judges 6 and 11. We'll walk through 11 and 14. I'm going to give you a little background, and then we'll go from there. Judges 6 and 11, the title of the message today is Pardon Me. We're going to start at 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under an oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash of Abizrite, where his son Gideon was thrashing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Now, here's the background. The background story is Gideon was thrashing wheat in a wine press, and anybody who knows anything about thrashing wheat, you do not do it in a wine press. That creates more work. Wheat is usually laid out on the ground, and it is, they take a tool, almost like a sickle thing, sickle is what it's called, and they, they work it out by hand, but it's laid out. A wine press is a barrel that is in the ground that you have to put the wheat in, and then you have to do more work. Well, Gideon was doing this work because he was hiding from the Midianites. Now, the reason he was hiding was because he is from the people of Israel, right? And if you go a few spaces back, a few chapters back, you know, the Israelites were, de- were delivered from who? From where? You can say it out loud. It's right. You got it right. From where? From Egypt. Okay, so the Israelites have been just delivered from Egypt. And now we're just seven years past that deliverance, and now they're back in bondage. Just, just seven years, and, and now they're back in bondage. And, and he's, he's hiding from the people that now have him captive. So in one chapter, we're celebrating their deliverance, and then the next chapter, we see them back in the very place they came from. And as we, we continue to read, he says, you know, I'm, I'm, he's upset because he's doing all this work and he's hiding and he has no clue of really the magnitude of what he came from. That's why you have to be careful when you walk in on a chapter in somebody's life not to judge that chapter Because in one chapter, they can be in bondage. In the next chapter, they can be king. 
So you have to be really careful how you handle black America. Because in one chapter, we were in bondage. In this chapter, in, in this chapter, pardon me. So then we go to 11. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I stopped there again because you, you don't call him by his name and you, you give him an answer to a question, to me, it seemed like, that he hadn't asked. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Well, I didn't say nothing. So you walk in on me to tell me the Lord is with me. Why did you have to tell me that? And then you called me a mighty warrior. But at present, I'm hiding. So, so say to your neighbor, pardon me. So we get to 13, and guess what Gideon says? Pardon me, my Lord? Excuse me, what did you say? P pardon me? What did you say? Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? If he's with us, where are all his wonders that our ancestors prayed for? Where are all our, the wonders that our ancestors told us about when, when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian? Nugget number one, God will always call you what you are and not what you feel. So every time you feel like you can't and God says you can and he'll always call you more. So you see yourself as a small business owner. He sees you as a conglomerate. He always calls you more. In the midst of you feeling like you're nothing. He will never leave you in the state where you feel like it cannot be done. But you do have to listen for what's being called. So pardon me, my Lord, Gideon said, but if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? If the Lord is with us, then why do I keep seeing people die on my TV screen? Why do I look at people that look like me and they don't seem to be doing much? Why do I look at people that look like me and it seems like they're not making it any further? Why do I, I have this, this anxiety when I drive? Why does every time my husband leaves, if he's gone a little too long, I get nervous? And then I watch my people die in the streets and then I go to work and I have to sit around people who don't look like me who try to justify. And then I have to keep my composure 
because I have to fight not being the bitter black woman sitting upon a bunch of white women who will then begin to cry and use their tears against me. Not in alienation of anyone, but today is all things black. I love you. We love you. But we need a little shot of encouragement today. So if you're with me, and if you did this for them, why am I here? Well, this is what I believe God said. You don't really go look for people who cannot be an asset to you. So they knew who you were when they went and got you. But what they didn't know they thought they were bringing an asset to the table, but they didn't know you were the table. So they work overtime to make us feel like we aren't the table. When really we are the person who had the ingenuity to create the table. If we removed everything from society that we created, wouldn't be much for them to work with. We would have to cut the lights off. You would have to get off these pews. The, the ingenuity it took to create this microphone, they would have to yell. So I don't necessarily bother people and then work overtime to make them feel a certain way. If I don't think they could outdo me on their worst day. There is enough in you to do whatever it is you want to do. You came from a group of people who were doing mathematics in pyramids. Who were figuring out equations. Who really set the stage for other folks to take the credit. Look at somebody and say, pardon me. Gideon said, again, pardon me. It wasn't that he didn't hear it or that he, he just couldn't believe what he heard. It was his view. Nugget number two, where you stand impacts the view for other people connected to you. And it will in effect how they move. It was for where he stood, he could not see anything past where he was. So then he couldn't tell anybody connected to him. All he could tell them was what he saw. If you can't see past where you are, you can't tell nobody where they're going. 
That's why Satan works overtime to keep you in your feelings. Because if you stay mad long enough, you can't see. And, and you were never really created to follow. You've always been a lead. You've been created in the image and the likeness of who? So the only person you're supposed to follow is who? So why are you behind someone else? Look at somebody and say, pardon me. So then we jump to 14. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am, am I not sending you? And this is what I thought was profound. He said, go in the strength you have. He didn't tell him to be strong. He said, go with what you got left. Go with whatever you got in you now. Go. And then he didn't say, go into a battle. He said, go save Israel. We, some, sometimes our view is only what we can get out of. I'm fighting this so I can get out. But you may be fighting this so the nation can get out. God is strategic in in who he sends and why he sends them. So if he was strong enough to press wheat in a wine press, he's strong enough to deliver Israel. He's strong enough to fight for it. He's strong enough to fight for it and have something left. He's strong enough to fight for it and be able to tell somebody, hey, we don't have to do this. And so I said, well, God, in all of this, what is my purpose today? To say, you're strong enough to fight for it. There's enough in you, black man. There's enough in you, black woman. There is enough left in you, people of God. There is enough left in you, Christian. There is enough left in you to fight for it. And he wouldn't have told you to fight for it if he was going to let you lose. He wouldn't have given you the, the, the word to go fight for it if the, if the end result was going to be your loss. That's why you have to make sure you go when God says go. Because your win is predicated on your move. Your win is predicated on your move. So you don't have time to be scared any longer. We're not in the season to be scared any longer. Because if you don't take your spot, I can't get in mine. I'm, I'm waiting on you to take your position. I'm, I'm waiting on you to know that, that and remind me that God is faithful. See, I, I know. I know. I, I know our generation sometimes we don't listen. I know. Y'all can agree. I know. I know. We don't, we don't listen. And, and, and we, don't, we don't always take heed to a warning. I know. And, and I know sometimes telling us stuff is like we're not listening anyway. I know. 
But your responsibility is not based on our response. Your responsibility is based on you telling. You're not responsible for our response. You're responsible for sharing the story. And what I do with it after that is on me. If you have a plan for winning, being saved and loving God and remaining holy and remaining righteous, tell me. I may not respond right the first time because sin will never respond to you correctly. If I'm battling something in my own soul, if you tell me something, if you pick it up, if you check it on me, I may not respond correctly because you're messing with me. But you still got to tell me. How do I know how to pray if you don't show me? How do I know how to call on God if you don't show me? How does he know how to be a black man if you don't show him? How does he know how to not get in trouble and lose his temper? Because if he loses his temper, he could lose his life. The stakes are different. How do you tell her how to be an African-American little girl? And don't let people tell you what you can't be because your hair don't look like hers. How do I know if you don't tell me? And then if I'm dealing with all the stuff of being all things black in America. And then I'm saved on top of that, which is the bomb. Which is, is the help. Which sustains me. Which keeps me. But how do I know how to connect them if you don't tell me? I, I know we're hard-headed. I take nothing from that. Because we are. I mean, not necessarily me. I know we're hard-headed. And I, and I know sometimes we don't want to hear. And I know we're accustomed to everything being at our fingertips at one time. This is, this is one of the first, and maybe the generation before me, where we have everything at our fingertips. I can give whatever I want, when I want, how I want. And I can ship it from Indonesia and it be here tomorrow. I can look at my phone and find out any and everything. But if you don't tell me everything that you can get don't mean you need, how do I survive? And, and then to stand back and watch and say, I don't know what we gonna do. What are we gonna do? Are you gonna watch it fall apart? Are you going to watch it? And, and I do believe the, the generation before us, yes, you have a responsibility. And now to my generation, yes, we have a responsibility too. We have a responsibility to listen. We have a responsibility in some areas not to reinvent the wheel. You can improve upon the innovation, but you cannot change the process. It was the process of being on their knees that got them here. It was the process of them praying that got them here. It was the process of them loving God that got them here. And you can't take that out and still move forward. Back to 14. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel. 
The angel of the Lord said, go in the strength you have. He didn't have to anoint him with strength because it was already inside him. He had enough to do what he was called to do. Nugget. There is a you that God wants to introduce you to that will only be revealed by the demand of position or assignment. There is a you that God wants to introduce you to that will only be revealed by the demand of position or assignment. What? Why is everybody asking me to do it? Why, why do I, why, why call me? Don't they see I have this going on? Don't you see I have that going on? Don't you see how, if, if David had never been outside, he'd have never got what he needed to be inside. You, you're under a demand because there's something God has to get in you to go to the next place of your leadership. Go to the next place of where you are to lead. There is a group of people waiting on you. There is a group of people looking for you. There is a group of people who will only move, who will only change, and who will only hear what you have to say. So now you got to move. You can't be afraid of the elevation because you're afraid of the fight. You can't be afraid of the elevation because you're afraid of the fight. Because the minute you get ready to elevate, you are going to face something. Something is going to come to move you from your position to try to get you in your feelings long enough. To miss what God is hearing. Because the awesome thing about hearing and, and what I really discovered, when you're mad, you don't hear the same. When you feel like you left out, you don't hear the same. When you feel like God overlooked you, you don't hear the same. When you feel like somebody passed you over, you don't hear the same. So what I heard and what you heard was two different things, and we was in the same room. Fifteen. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest, and I'm the least in my family. And there it was, Gideon's real issue, Gideon's real problem was how he viewed himself. His real issue, his real thorn in the side was how he saw himself. I'm, my family's the weakest. Of, of all the people in this land, my family's the weakest. Out of all the people in this country, it seemed like my, my people are the weakest. And, and I am the, the least in the family. But remember when I said he answered a question that he hadn't asked yet? So in the front end, he said, the Lord is with you. How can this be? And, and I'm the weakest. That the Lord is with you. How, how can I do this? The Lord is with you. 
the Lord is with you. You will always battle who you were born to be with who you have settled to be. That's always going to be a fight. It will always cause you agitation. It will always make you uneasy. It will always cause you to walk in a room and see everything that you know you can fix, but you're too afraid to fix it because you've settled. There is always a... There is always an internal dialogue with yourself whenever you step into something and you know you're the person who's supposed to do this. You know you the person. You walked in the room and knew immediately what to do but didn't say anything because you were scared of what people were going to say how you do. I'm not, I'm not going to go in here and, and fix it. I know what to do. But I'm going to let them struggle. And I'm going to let them figure it out. Because I don't want to look like I know what to do. Where did that come from? This, I know what to do. I know how to fix it. But I'm going to walk in the room and let everybody else do it. So they somehow don't think I'm trying to take it over. And then you have people in the room, because your opposition will never come from people who, who honor who you are. Your opposition will always come from, from people who think they should be doing what you're doing. I, I think that's my spot. So I'm going to say that you came in and tried to took it over. So now I got to battle how I'm feeling about me and this demon. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon said, but how can I save Israel? My clan is, is the weakest, and, and I'm the least in my family. There is always a hedge of protection around you. There is always, God is always, even in the midst of him being, his people being captured in bondage, by Minion, there's always a hedge of protection around you. Um, I'll prove, jump to Job 1 and 10 for me, really quickly. Real quick, real quick. J Job 1 and 10. So this reads, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands. So his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. So this is Satan talking to God about Job. Okay, so he's, this is Satan's part right here. So 10 is Satan talking to God about Job. How would Satan know there's a hedge of protection around him? Oh, you got to go back and read it. God never said. He never said it. So how did Satan know that there was a hedge of protection around him? How, 
How does your enemy know that there's a hedge of protection around you? Because he already tried to get you and he couldn't. He already tried to knock you out and he couldn't. He already, so now your enemy himself is telling God, well, you got to let me get to him. I've been trying and now you got to let me. Because even your enemies have to ask permission. Even your enemies have to ask your father permission. And there is nothing that comes your way that is not a lesson. You're not, and, and I, I know that we always say this is a, this is a test. This is a test. And sometimes you throw people off because they never took a test well. They, they never got a good grade on the test and then found themselves having to take the test again. So if this is, this is a test, like God is trying you for some reason. Like, I just, I just got to see. So I, I'm going to hand you this test and, and hope you pass. I, I prefer... Who prefers? I prefer. Who prefers? I prefer. That anything I am in is a lesson and a step stool to the next space. It's, it's all about how you view what you're going through. Because if you view it right, you can get out of it right. So this is just a lesson. And a step stool to where I'm ultimately supposed to be. So this is really not me passing or failing. This is me learning and acknowledging. This is, this is not a pass or fail. Because God already passed me. So this is me learning and acknowledging. This is me getting all I need on the outside so I can have what I need on the inside uh real quickly give me give me give me 10 people look at your neighbor and say pardon me seriously 10 people come on i'm, I'm for real I'm, I'm being serious come come this way come up here and if it was if it be come on come on and stand here and look that way here stand here look at me stand here in a line stand here and look that way. Look that way. Everybody turn, look that way. Okay, stand forward. You, you awfully sharp today, minister of music. <laughs> okay, give me some space in between you. Give me some space in between you. Okay, look at, look at your neighbor and say, pardon me. Look, look at your neighbor and say, pardon me. Pardon me. So when you, when you first start out with something and, and you're at the, the back of the line, let me stand right here. When, you, when you're at the back of the line, just pretend I'm at the back of the line. When you're at the back of the line, because you can't quite see wh where you're going, you're you, you real nice. Um, excuse me. P pardon me. P pardon me. Um, and then you get that lesson, and, and then something else, and, and you, you figure out, oh, well, I, I am advancing. I, I am supposed to be in the front. So you, um, excuse me, pa pardon me. Um, but then somewhere, 
around in the middle of that thing, you discover whose you are. You remind yourself of who God is to you, who God has been to you. And the next one is, pardon me, excuse me, excuse, pardon, pardon me. Then you get to this thing that's clearly taller than you. You get to, because see, back here, I can take this one. I can see over that. I can see the end of that. I can see past that. But now I'm into something I can't quite see over. It, it's, it looks stronger than me. It, it feels like it's taller than me. But then I have to remind myself, for I'm the righteousness of God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am made in the image and the likeness of God. Pardon me. Then, then you get to where you can see destiny. But now, the thing that was ahead of you is now facing you. So now you have to face you head on. Now you have to face what you feel about you head on. Now you have to face what you've been saying about yourself head on. Conditions lie. God does not. Circumstances lie. God does not. Situations lie. God does not. He called you a royal priesthood. A holy nation. Set apart. I am the righteousness of God and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world pardon me you're going to have to get to the space and the place where fighting yourself is mandatory It's mandatory in this season that you are honest with yourself. It's mandatory in this season you remind yourself of who God says you are. It's mandatory in this season that you keep in front of you what the Lord says about you. Conditions lie. People lie. The God you serve does not. And everything he called you, he meant what he said. Everything he said about you, he meant what he said. So now I'm, I'm back. I'm, and I'm back. Now I've faced myself. And, and I've faced myself and I've won. Because I remind myself of who, who God is. So, so now, what, what's in front of me, it looks well put together. It looks like everything I asked for. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. It looked like everything I asked for. It looked like everything I told God I wanted. It sounds like everything I told God I wanted. 
It talks like everything I said I wanted. It is the color I wanted, the bedrooms I wanted, it is the height I wanted, it is the build I wanted. Come on, somebody, help me. It is the build I wanted. It is the color I wanted. But that ain't it. The, the, it, and it'll be easy to get it. But that is not destiny. So I'm, you standing in front of something because you have, you have gotten past all of this stuff. And now you believe you have arrived. And that's where most of the battles are lost. Because you have fought your way all the way up here. And then you get up here and Satan dangles something that looks like what you asked for. And because you have a measure of oomph in you. Because you won. Yeah, come on somebody. You know how you get after you done won something? You dare somebody else? I dare you to try me. This, this was exercise. Try me. You, you get to a place where you feel like you've won, so you're not checking in the same. Because see, back here, it was one thing after another thing after another thing. And so all you could do was stay on your knees. All you could do was stay on the floor. All you, you woke up in the morning asking God, what, when, when, go to sleep at night, who, when, God, some relief, some something. I'm str- I feel like I'm stressed out. You ain't nowhere near. They done called the car payment in again. They done called the bill in again. Somebody else has died on my television screen. My children not doing good in school. My husband not calling like he used to. God, I don't know what else to do. So it drove you to your knees. But somewhere around long in here, you got a little relief. And then this got easy. And since that looked bigger than all of that, and you passed that, you felt comfortable. You can't get comfortable in this season. You can't get comfortable in this season. So then you get right here, and it's not it. Not saying it's bad. It is somebody's, but it ain't yours. You can't go into battle with somebody else's anointing. It will not work for you. You can't go into somebody you can't go into your battle with somebody else's scriptures. Catch it. You can't go into battle with somebody else's scriptures. Because they fought to find what worked for them. So you have to work and find what works for you. So you get here and the response should be, pardon me, 
But that, like it just did, going to take a little more work. It's going to take a little more work. And it's going to take a little more work because they have already talked you into something. They, they've already gotten your attention. They've, they've already said what they could be to you. And this is not, because a lot of times we get caught up, oh, this is my, my, my husband or my wife. No, this could be your friendships. You got to go back to the table on some of these friendships. Because that's the reason some of y'all haven't elevated at all. You, you don't have nobody in your group who has faith like you. This, this ain't the time to be trying to convince somebody of what you already know. This ain't where bills and cancer and sickness and children. This ain't the time you got to tell your friends to have faith. They need to be calling you. I pray for you today. And this is what I heard. I spoke to the Lord today about you. And this is what I heard. It's going to be all right. We've got this. We've got you. You can do this. You can have this. You are the righteousness of God. You are a holy nation. No weapon formed against you. You got to have people who are talking like you talk. Because if you get all the way right here and all your friends say that's it, you are doomed. And you know what your friend's going to do after you've been married to that rascal for five years and he ain't acting right and talking right? That Girl, I would leave him. Girl, you told me to be with him. You five years down the line and found out the foundation in the house ain't no good. You find out the car need a new transmission. But it looked good. It looked like destiny. You find out what destiny looks like from God and not what you want it to look like. Then you won't be distracted by what comes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's 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 my flavor, but that's not my type. That ain't my kind. So you can get rid of it on the front end. When, when something in you says, mm, mm, mm. Mm, that ain't it. Whether it's a job, a spouse, a house, a car, a, what, that ain't it. So then when you finally get here and say, pardon me, it's really gone. And it's really easy to get rid of because you don't have an attachment to it. Now it's really easy to get rid of. So now you are standing in the midst of destiny. Not even remembering all of that stuff. And then when you get to the end, you raise your hands and say, oh, God, I thank you. Oh, God, I thank you I made it. Oh, God, I thank you that that's what was at the end for me. Oh, God, I thank you. And then somewhere around in there, you say, all of this was worth it. Oh, See, you in a new place. When everything you thought was going to kill you is now a blessing. 
you somewhere else when everything that you thought was trouble has now been a stepping stone to greatness. You are somewhere else when everything in you could have died and it's still functioning. And you say, thank you, Lord, for the experience. Thank you, Lord. I had to walk through it. Thank you. I had to. You are now somewhere else. Say, pardon me. Thank you. Pardon me. It is, pardon me. So that's what I leave you with today. That's what I, I leave you today. Is look at everything in your life and say, pardon me, I'm coming through. Pardon me. And it may be areas that are good, but everything good can be better. Say, Pardon me. Pardon me. Not because I'm asking for your permission to come through. I'm just simply trying to say, get out of the way. Go and get out of my way. Tell every experience you've had thus far, thank you. It was hard while I was in it. I didn't understand it while I was in it. Uh, on your feet. Let's lift our hands. I didn't understand it while I was in it. Matter of fact, God, I didn't like it when I was in it. I didn't, I didn't understand it. And, and it was hard. And I was restless and it was uneasy and stuff seemed like it wasn't working and I had to cry a whole lot and I felt like I hurt a whole lot and I had to, I had to do a whole lot. But God, I thank you. I thank you that you walked with me through it. I thank you that times I couldn't walk, you carried me through it. I thank you that when I felt like a laughing stock, you stuck with me. I thank you when I felt like everybody was watching my mistake, that you were with me. I thank you that every time I thought I had failed, you said, this is not a fail, get up. I thank you that every time I felt like it wasn't working, you were working all things together for my good. I thank you that every time I thought death was around the corner, you sustained and maintained. I thank you, God, that every time my children had gone to do what they wanted to do, they've always had to come back to you. I thank you, God, that when I thought this marriage was over, that God, you still had something that kept it together. God, I thank you. I thank you for every experience. I thank you for every lesson that I learned. I thank you for everything that those experiences put in me that is taking me to destiny. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, 
Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.